Thank you for tuning in to episode 6, part 1 of Sean Carter's first interview on the podcast, NC Modern Day Lynching. I'm your producer and narrator, Tina Smith. So far, I hope you enjoyed listening to this true crime podcast concerning a wrongful convicted man named Sean Carter. I need to clarify something real quick between episode 1 and 6. I conveyed there was a legend of forensic and DNA in Sean Carter's favor. I was trying to say it was a legion of forensic and DNA in Sean Carter's favor. Since I've talked at length about Anna Santiago being a broken foundational witness to her boyfriend Donna Brunson's murder on December the 6th, 1996 in episode 4 and episode 5, and how her lies and misinformation impact the Brunson murder investigation. Therefore, it's influenced Sean Carter's wrongful conviction of the Donald Brunson murder that he is innocent of. So it's only appropriate to hear from Sean Carter and hear his view of the broken foundational witness, Anna Santiago, and how it influenced his wrongful conviction and violated his civil rights. There is always more than one side to every story or situation and that's why in this democracy everything should always be viewed from different perspectives. That being said, there's certainly going to be people who's going to run to Anna Santiago's defense as a victim being attacked and these people might be so unreasonable because of their relationship to Miss Santiago, so any lies Miss Santiago made either was a lie or there's some excuse for it. Basically, a spade is not a spade till them. The fact of the matter is, Sean Carter has been wrongfully sentenced to death in part because Miss Santiago's lies, in which Miss Santiago had ample time before trial to come clean and tell the truth. Even now on social media, she could come clean and tell the truth. I recorded this episode in March 2021. I'll be charged for this call. This call is from... Sean Carter. An inmate at Central Prison. This call will be monitored and recorded. For customer assistance, collection, or complete procedures, or to block future calls, dial 1-866- Two three zero seven seven six one. To accept this call, press five now. To decline this call, hang up. Thank you for using Global Telelink. Hi, Sean. Since these prison calls are only fifteen minutes, I'll get straight to the questions. The first question is probably what everybody wants to hear first. Did you murder Donald Brunson, or was you involved with his murder in any way, shape, or form, or fashion? On December the 6th, 
You're conveying your innocence of Donald Brunson's murder and was wrongfully convicted of it. So how did prosecutors John Sherrill and Benjamin David of New Hanover County get the jury to wrongfully convict you? It wasn't just one simple way because it was John Sherman and Benjamin Davis' scheme, main scheme was to lie and induce their witnesses to lie, my Anna Santiago, in order to keep my already incompetent attorney, Richard Miller, from exposing their lies. These prosecutors withheld evidence. They also ambushed me at trial since my attorney, Richard Miller, was appointed just 87 days before my May 1st, 2000 trial started. Prosecutors had different illegal schemes. One scheme was allegedly stay with my strange wife, Nikisha Garrett, on October 14, 1999, almost three years after the Bronx murder, was the truth without any proof. Prosecutors used this being concept that a woman named Dewey Doodle Green was promoted, which was the only way Nikisha could have known. The thing she says is she was there or somebody that was there told her. I had proof of that concept the scheme isn't the truth either. Nikisha didn't say anything that nobody, including Demetria Doodleman and her significant other, after the escape premise, didn't already know about the Russell murder. Nikisha testified as my witness that her October 14, 1999, already prior according to Jerry's statement, was false. But prosecutor John Sherr basically told his group without any proof that Nikisha's sworn testimony as my witness was not the truth. Quantity one is the name of that 
shooting one of the girlfriends, and another woman, Shante Moore, testified to what's called inference evidence, that they saw me and Quality wanted together early one morning, but not a specific time. Other inference evidence was Quality One wrote Ambulance letters from prison committee he needed to make up an alibi. Then there was an inference of two working enemy charges and two home invasion weapon charges that I was never convicted of. But these crooked prosecutors used these essentially to convey these unrelated crimes are slightly down the Right. Which I will prove to you that's not true either. All the evidence I just mentioned on emphasis also known as circumstantial evidence. East Chicago was the only so-called evidence alleging I was involved with the Russell murder. And I just mentioned to you that he should testify that she lied on me. The DNA of the friends that have this supports she in fact lied. In which I will fill you in on that in another episode. See case number one, exhibit 88, exhibit 109, page 2184 on the website and see why they let you know. Was Anna Santiago's description of the three robbers in 1996 to Detective versus the description she had gave in the pre-trial notes shown in Exhibit 32 versus the description of the robbers she gave in trial the same? And if so, why did the jury see that the description that non-eyewitness Lakeisha gave of you? was different from the eyewitness Miss Santiago's description she gave of the three mass wearing robbers. During this entire podcast business gotta keep in mind that my lead attorney Richard Miller was appointed on February second, two thousand, just eighty seven days before the start of my May first, two thousand trial. And he was very incompetent. His assistant attorney Kenneth Fasher never took part in the capital trial before and he too was very incompetent. The most important thing, like the robber's descriptions, different in the crime scene DNA and other forensic evidence, not matching me, was not even used to my trial attorneys as a defense to get me acquitted. See case number one, exhibit 80 and exhibit 116 on NC Money, they mentioned. So, yes, you had something here with description of the officers pretty much the same from 1998 to May 1st, 2000. Both prosecutors, John Searle and Benjamin David, with the help from B.
Ronnie Charles, and she said he was tall and slim. But then prosecutors stressed that out. But on December 10, 1999, the third row was described to be tall and skinny. And which Anderson Santiago said this, that trial, and that eliminates me from the third row. Besides, Lakeisha alleged it was only me and quality money who committed the bus work. So that was the prosecutors have to stick to. In 794 got information from somebody for her to convey after three years a yellow and black Maurice Malone shirt was taken by one of the robbers in an attempt to make it coincide with Maurice Malone coat stolen from Tyrone Baker's house. Why would Miss San Diego collude to frame you when she didn't even know you? And how did this Maurice Malone coat and shirt influence your wrongful conviction? As far as I know, Anna Santiago did no quantity money, as she stated in December 32 with Tony Bronson. Don's cousin went with Koala, then stated, black and yellow jersey stolen from Don, brand new, too big. It's a possibility Anna Santiago initially was intended to frame the Maurice Malone serve on quantity money before I was charged. Quantity money didn't date the Tony Bronson. My cousin years earlier did. People fed in the Santiago lies and misinformation, and she chose this as reframing. The only analogy I can give concerning Anna Santiago's mental state towards to give her access some kind of motive is her mentality, which is like January 6, 2021, Capitol Rock, rioters. All it took for the rioters was hearsay from Donald Trump. They didn't need any proof. He said the election was stolen before, doing it afterwards. That's all they needed. Google January 6, 2020, Capitol Rides. And Santiago doesn't know me, and based off of his they detective prosecutors, detectives and prosecutors, and whoever else told Anna Santiago I was supposed to get that was good enough for her. She obviously didn't care that there was a reason to trace forensic evidence, including DNA from the crime scene that didn't match me. Based on his sayings, all Amazon Dog had to do was lie on the oath against a total stranger and claim the robbers stole the Mars Malone shirt. Claim she'd never seen Mr. Russell with thousands of dollars or drugs. Compared Mr. Russell didn't win $12,000 playing cracks just hours before the murder. Compared she didn't identify Stacey Johnson 24 hours afterwards as a possible one of the robbers to his booth. And for us, and a lot of other lives. Both Amazon Tiago and the January 6, 2021 Capitol Rise, Otis was based off of ESA. Prosecutor.
Benjamin Davis conveyed to the jury that the Morris Malone shirt stole from Tom Baker and the Anna Santiago Phantom stole a Morris Malone shirt was proof of my killing. Prosecutor Benjamin Davis conveyed I wasn't still on top of the brands like Cal Clown or Brooke Brothers. I was still on lesser known brands like Wallace Malone. Please tune in to episode 7, part 2 of Sean Carter's first interview on the podcast, NC Modern Day Lynching. Thank you.